right, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Would you stand with me as we read God's word together? The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I've created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the year that has been, and by your grace, the year that is to be. We pray you're glorified in both of them through us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> this morning's message is entitled, The Joy of a New Beginning. The Joy of a New Beginning. The Bible is filled with new beginnings, but there are three that really stand out, and I'm going to go backwards. Uh, obviously, Revelation chapter 21 and 22, we see that new beginning, a new heaven and a new earth. And I look forward to that ultimate new beginning where there is newness in heaven that will never grow old. And uh, beyond that, we see the gospels and the gospel story, the message of Christ and the blood of Christ and that there is new life in Christ. And we'll look at a few verses about that later. And third, we see a new beginning way back in Genesis. It didn't take long before things weren't new anymore. God had grown tired of the sins of mankind, and so we see a new beginning with Noah and his family. The story of the ark is God's clean slate protocol for all humanity. But as we begin this morning, I have to note something in the passage that I just read to you. It's important not to miss it, and it basically reminds us of a, an important truth in life, and it is this. What we do matters to God. Now, we're going to look at the, the old and the new in, the, in a minute, <clears throat> but you have, to, you have to give this verse and this passage uh, due notice. What we do matters to God. If you go back to that, uh, chapter 6, verse 6, I think I highlighted it there, if you can tell it. It says, The Lord was grieved that he had made man on earth, and his heart was filled with pain. Do you have regrets this last year? Things that grieve you? Is your heart filled with pain about something right now? Well, God knows exactly how you feel because this is how he felt. I think sometimes we think of God as kind of a disconnected galactic robot with no feelings and isn't really affected by what we do, both individually and as a species but just the opposite is true. According to the Bible, God felt pain over the sins of mankind. He grieved that he ever made us. And I don't normally think about God being in pain or God grieving, but this was a low moment for God. He went all to all the trouble to make the universe an effort that you and I cannot even begin to comprehend. And all the majesty that he created, the brilliance of his creation, the beauty of his creation. And then he made mankind in his own image. 
And after all of that, he just saw evil and wickedness. And it grieved him. He was in pain because of it. So we have to notice that. In fact, in his judgment, if you want to talk about collateral damage, that term that we use, not only was he going to wipe out all mankind, but it goes on to say all the animals and the birds as well. Because he was so grieved about our sin that he just decided to, to, to make a clean slate to wipe it out. And then you see that one beautiful clause of hope, that sentence of hope where he says, but then where was Noah? Uh, he, he found favor in God's eyes. Now, Noah was not a perfect man either. He sinned just like everybody else, just like you and me. But God was pleased with Noah and his righteousness or his, his desire to please God. So just remember, as we look at this, what we do matters to God. It is easy for us to think. It's easy for me to think. I'm just one person out of seven or eight billion. Does it really matter that much? Is that really that big of a deal to God? Yes, actually it is. God loves us. And because he loves us, what we do matters to him. By the way, there's no way around it. The story of Noah and the ark is horrific. <laughs> I mean, beyond Noah's own family, every man, woman, and child on earth drowned and died. Our paintings of Noah usually include colorful rainbows or animals marching into the ark two by two peacefully or a dove returning triumphantly with an olive leaf in its beak. But it's also a story of radical action taken by our creator who was so deeply troubled by mankind's sin. So today I want us to notice two important things that directly apply to us from this passage. And the first is the old is gone. The old is gone. As painful as it was, it needed to happen for the second point to take place. And I think you probably know what that is. But look with me in Genesis chapter 6, verse 11. Genesis 6, 11. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all the people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both of them, or both them and the earth. Well, there you go. The word corrupt is in here three times. The word violence in here is in there, I think, twice. And so God was determined to get rid of the corruption of mankind. So it all had to go. Whatever you think about the war that's going on in Israel, this is the conclusion that the Israeli government has made about the terrorist group Hamas. They've looked at the options, they've tried other options in the past of making peace treaty after peace treaty after peace treaty or um, a ceasefire after ceasefire. For decades and decades they've tried this and it doesn't last very long. It doesn't work. And you can do the math. I was talking to somebody this week because every time they, every few years, they, they send a barrage of rockets into Israel and they're homemade rockets. And so it takes years to make that many rockets. And so the moment they, they broker a 
peace treaty or a ceasefire, they immediately start making rockets for the year or next two or three years to come. And then they fire off all their rockets and they sign another treaty once their rockets are all fired. And then they repeat the pattern over and over again. And Israel, after you know the, the murders and the rapes and the incursion into Israel this time, they've concluded that Hamas has to be rooted out. And the result of that is just outright war, and war is a horrible, awful thing. I don't like it. I am assuming that Israel doesn't like it either. No one wants innocent women and children killed, and I don't want that. I know that God doesn't want that. But it does show that Israel is serious about rooting out the evil that is there. God was serious about rooting out the evil in mankind so much he was willing to destroy mankind in order to get rid of it. And then eventually he was willing to send his own son to die to root out evil and get rid of it once and for all. So God is very serious about that. And so uh, we look at this, this ending the word corrupt, again, mentioned three times, and God is concerned about the corruption of mankind. Um, so it all had to go. In 2021, Sherry and I purchased a new home. To do so, we had to close on the property. Now, if you've never closed on a house, that's quite a fun event. Uh, let me tell you. If you've never purchased a home or property, to close means uh, the deed and the rights of ownership are completely transferred to the old owner, to, uh, to the new owner, from the old owner to the new owner. Basically, you go into an office and you sign documents for 30 or 45 minutes straight, all of which are drawn up by lawyers, and it's in lawyer language that you can't even understand. You just start signing. Every single page, page after page after page after page, except sometimes for no logical reason at all, instead of signing it, they have you initial it. And so some things have you sign and some things your whole name and some things you initial, and they both mean the same thing. The initials have just as much credibility as a signature, which makes me wonder why we don't just initial all of it. But you don't Think about that. You just want to get through it so they'll hand you the keys and you can go to your new house and become the new owner. Uh, so actually, it's an ending and a beginning for both parties. Neither party would have been able to reach their goal had they decided to hold on to the past. In our text this morning, God did exactly the same thing with Noah and his family. So the old is gone. God is getting rid of the old in order for the next part to take place. So what is there that needs to be gone for you in 2023? And it's an important question because 2023 ends in a matter of hours. And it needs to be gone. Don't take what needs to be gone and drag it into tomorrow. Because tomorrow is a new year, and if you drag it in tomorrow, before you know it, a few days will be go gone by, and it will be July already, and all of that will be drug all through the next year. Just like some of our issues from 2022 infiltrated 2023 and messed up our life in 2023. Now's the time. Today is the day. New Year's Eve. That's the time 
to settle it and get rid of the old completely, totally. So what should be gone for us in 2024 as we get, what should we get rid of from 2023? Well, certainly sins and disappointments and failures because of Christ, we can actually let those go. We're the only ones that can do that. We're the only ones that have any hope of success or really genuinely letting go of the past because you and I as humans can't do it by ourselves. We have to have God and specifically it is the blood of Christ that transforms us, that redeems us, that cleanses us and allows us to move forward like nobody else. If you've seen a movie, uh, in fact, it came out a long time ago called I Am Legend. It had Will Smith in it back when he was <laughs> just still doing movies. And um, he, uh, he, he, there was a virus that went around, turned everybody into zombies, of course. And as all viruses seem to do in the movies. I don't see that happening a lot in, in real life, but uh, in the movies, that's their favorite theme. Just turn everybody in the world into zombies. Except Will Smith, of course. But there were some good things that actually came out of that virus that swept through mankind. There, there were no more health care debates. There was no government. There was no pork barrel spending. There was no elections anymore. There was no problems there was nobody to, to argue with anymore because there, everybody is gone and so whatever Will Smith or his character's issues were the year before clearly they were all gone they were all behind him literally because everybody was dead well you may think that is an absurd uh, absurdity or an absurd ideal but that's exactly what happened for Noah and his family since only his family is, was left for Noah, all disease and viruses were wiped out. All war, hatred, corruption was wiped out. The immorality and godlessness and injustice that was rampant in the world, all gone. You talk about a clean slate, it was gone. Now I hope that God doesn't do that tonight. In fact, I know he won't because he promises before the end of the story that he's not going to do it that way anymore. But for us, you and I, spiritually, in our life, can put the past behind us. In some ways, again, perhaps in many ways, we failed God this year. Sometimes we messed up and we know it. Relationally, morally, or financially, we made terrible decisions and and physically, we made poor decisions, and we did not do as well as we could have or should have. But now that's gone. 2023 is behind us, or it should be gone. I recently traded in an old car. I had driven it for over 10 years. I actually uh, gave it to, to my daughter, loaned it to my daughter for drive. She drove it, uh, uh, drove it for several years. And then it got transferred to my son Isaac, and he drove it for four years. I had over 200,000 miles on it. It got to where it was just a money pit all the time. In fact, I had to spend four or $500 on it just to get it uh, to where I could drive it to the car dealership to trade in. And I was hoping to goodness that when they test drove it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't die on them during the test drive. And it did good. I got $1,500 for it. And I was excited over that. 
Um, I, I don't know. I would have given it to him for free just to get it out of my driveway. <laughs> but I remember when I got rid of the car uh, and, and we, we drove out in the new car, it was gone. It, 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 I would never see that car again. It, it was over. No, it, it, one of the tires only lasted a couple of days. Uh, I forgot to tell them that. It had a nail or something in it. And so we had to air it up every couple of days. And, and it was just a hassle. It was a constant headache. You know what it's like. You know what I'm talking about. And I'll never have to air up those tires again. I'll never have to deal with the, the engine issues that I had and oil leaks. And it was just spewing all over my driveway, all of those fluids. And uh, it's all gone. It's gone. And it was just, just as we were driving away, there was just a sense of relief. Oh, I'm so glad I got rid of that car. The old was gone. I want you to feel that way tomorrow morning. God wants you to feel that way tomorrow morning. That whatever junk there is in your life that is holding you back, that is wearing you down, God wants to give you the ability and does give you the ability, the ability through the blood of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to say, it's gone. It's out of my life. That bad habit, that addiction, those things that are physically, emotionally, spiritually harming you in your life can be gone. They can be gone through the Holy Spirit if you'll let God do that. Now's the time. It will never be a better time then right here, right now, today, to start 2024 fresh. Also, the good things are gone. Interestingly, 2023 is behind us, and you think about all the good that's been done in your life this year. And every one of you have had some good. Some of you have had a lot of good. Great things happen. You got married or you had a kid or your kid finally graduated or whatever. And it's just been a banner year for you. Some of you are like that. Been the best year ever. Well, boo-hoo, it's gone. <laughs> Sorry. You're about to enter into a new year and a new challenge. And if you're on the mountaintop, you may be in the valley in six months. Whatever has happened in this year, whether it's the worst year or the best year of your life, 2023 is now gone. But there's good news, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Here at the church, 2023 was a great year. In a few weeks, in the State of the Church Address, I look forward to sharing with you the details of what a wonderful, history-making year 2023 was for First Baptist Church in more ways than one. But it's about to be a new year. And God has plans for us in 2024, and I cannot, at the end of 2024, brag to God about what happened in 2023. And God will say, well, what did you do in 2024? Because God has new things, good things, great things for this church in 2024, and he expects us to do those things, not just live in the past. Speaking of which, the Cowboys won last night. Barely, that's right. Now, barely counts, it's true. <laughs> I won't say that they just got lucky a couple times. You know, the other team got greedy early in the game and decided to, well, I'm not, you know, okay. But here's the thing, they're in the playoffs. 
Now, the playoffs are interesting. Now, I'm not a big football guy, but I find the playoffs interesting because there are some teams that are, are, are they won their division title. They're in there. They, they have the best record of the whole year, and all the statistics are fantastic for them. And they're going in on cloud nine. And then there are some teams that are in a wild card win, and they just barely, barely, barely get into the playoffs. But once you start the playoffs, none of that matters. It's all wiped clean, and it's sudden death. I like that. I think it's a good lesson in life, because some things you just can't keep failing at over and over. You, you need to get it right eventually, and the playoffs are one of those. This is where, uh, at the playoffs, the Cowboys every year dash our hopes in that first game. <laughs> and, you know, uh, when was the last time they won the Super Bowl? Does anybody know the year? Not 90, 90 something. It was that was three years before I married, and my children are grown. I mean, my goodness, cowboys. So that I say that to say, they and everybody get the same level clean start when the playoffs begin. Let's consider 2024 our playoffs. <laughs> Let's start fresh and get it done. Okay. All right, that brings me to our point for today, the second point. The new is here. The old is gone. It's gone. Whether we want it to be gone or not, whether we liked it or hated it, it's gone. The new is here. Quite often, we think of closure. When we think of closure, we think of an ending. But closure doesn't necessarily constitute ending. Closure also means a new beginning. As I said, when we bought our house, our old Plans and our whole old place of living was gone and a new beginning started for us. With Noah, a fresh start on the earth happened, which is a, is a wonderful thing. But if you think about it, it's also, I say, a lot of pressure because he could mess it up in one generation and he doesn't have anybody else to blame. If the world goes to pot in the next 50 years after the ark hits ground, he can't say, God, those neighbors you gave me, or it's those other people, or no, it's his family. But he does have a fresh new start, a new home, a, a new hope, new challenges. He could build homes now instead of a giant boat. He was probably, after 100 years, tired of building that boat. And I'm sure he built a home. Look with me in Genesis chapter 8, verse 18. Genesis 8, 18 says, So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on the earth came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of man. Even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Now, God is not saying that he made a mistake. He didn't make a mistake because God doesn't make mistakes, first of all. And because God is the creator, he has all authority to do anything he wants to do. And he could destroy the earth every 50 years if he wanted to. Or every thousand years if he wanted to. But he decided, no, you know, I did it once. I realized this is the heart of man. 
and he chose not to do it again. Ultimately, he had a plan through Jesus Christ that would be eternal and everlasting, a plan that would cleanse us and forgive us of our sins. So 2024, wow, we made it. <laughs> We're here. At least in a few hours we will be in 2024. God has plans for you in the next 12 months. God has great plans for our church. And in the Bible, God loves talking about the new. You'll find that word all through the Old Testament and New Testament alike. New. From the beginning to the end, you'll see this concept of newness in Genesis with the, the creation of the heavens and the earth and with the creation of Adam and Eve. There was this tremendous newness. Even now with Noah, there's a tremendous sense of newness as they walk out of the ark. And I, I can picture the sun shining and the rainbows over the clouds and the animals are coming out. And they're, I'm sure all the the people that are that Noah's family are thrilled to be out of that boat with all of those animals. And so there's, a, it was a good day. It was a happy moment. Even God is pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice that Noah and his family make. And so Noah's happy. His family's happy. The, the animals are happy and God's happy. It was a good day. This idea of newness is what happened on that Sunday morning when Jesus was resurrected. The women went there expecting to find death and they find eternal life. That's a good day. And the Bible tells us at the very end with a new heaven and a new earth. That's a good day. It's going to happen. <clears throat> with our salvation in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, not just an upgraded creation, a new one, a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 tells us, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Do you, you see that through Christ? He just tries to pound it into our head you're new, you're new, live a new life in Christ. Created to be like God. Second, newness, we see newness in the path of life ahead. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, this is having become believers in Christ. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded, we believers, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Get rid of anything today that's going to hinder you in 2024. Give it to God and start your new year fresh. Three years ago, our daughter Gabrielle was sworn into the military. She's in the Texas Air National Guard, which is part of the Air Force. She helps load the big C-130 cargo planes, which you've heard me mention many times to you, and I'll continue to brag about that. Then every week, she gets into the cockpits and sits behind the pilots as they fly the plane. She flies every week. And uh, she gets to watch them fly it. I was there when she was sworn in. It was a happy moment because Gabrielle had gone through high school and a couple of years of college 
And she, she was really looking for a place in life. And with this commitment, as she raised her hand and made that oath, she knew that this was going to be a six-year journey at minimum, and it was a new step for her. And she was excited. Cherry and I were excited. Everybody was excited and happy. I hope she's that happy now. I don't know, but it was a happy moment. She was eager for the new beginning of her new life to start. So today, I want us to have the same excitement and anticipation about 2024. It can be completely new for you. So right now, let me give you just five quick challenges in closing. Number one, start by thanking God for the past year. All he's done for you and through you. Thank God for the past year. The good days, the bad days, God has brought us through, and you're alive, you're awake, and you're aware of your Redeemer today. It's the good day. Thank God for the past year. If we are not thankful for the last year, we're probably not going to be thankful for the next year, and God knows that. I appreciate when my children are thankful for what we do for them as their parents, and I know that God wants to hear us and deserves to hear us say, God, thank you for this year in light of all of its challenges. Number two, ask forgiveness for the ways you missed the mark in 2023 and then move on. Ask for forgiveness and then move on, move forward. Like trading in that old car, let it go and don't look back. Number three, don't worry about what might have been and look forward to what can be. Don't worry about what might have been. Listen, Satan wants you to spend the rest of your life thinking about what might have been. It won't help. It's not productive. It just makes regrets in your life and distracts you from what God wants, you to, do, wants to do through you in the future. Don't worry about what might have been. Look forward to what can be. Now, I know this is a challenge. This is for me, too. You know, I, this is my 25th <laughs> New Year's challenge sermon to you. And I make my own New Year's resolutions quietly because I'm a human, not a robot. And I, I'm just as flawed as you are. And so I make my commitments to my God every year. Sometimes I succeed and sometimes I don't. I know sometimes we get tired of making the same resolutions over and over and over again. So we're tempted to do what? Just stop trying. That's the easy thing to do. I'm just not going to make it anyway. So why even bother? Listen, don't give up. This is what God calls us to do as his people because he's given us a savior to, to compel us to be victors and not victims in life. Don't give up. Don't quit. You move forward. So um, I, I know we get tired of that. And then number, where was I? Number four, thank God ahead of time for the year to come. It hadn't happened yet. I think it's wise for us to go to God right here, right now, today, and say, God, even though it hadn't happened yet, you're transcendent. You've already seen it. You've already ordained it. Thank you. Thank you for every victory you're going to win in my life this year. Thank you for every good thing that you're going to allow me to do this year. Thank you for making my life meaningful in the year to come. Thank you 
for whatever you choose to do in 2024. And then number five, lastly, commit to take that next step forward to serve and to obey him more in 2024. I'm not telling you to take 100 steps forward or 50 steps or 20 steps. Some of you can, but I want to challenge you to take that next step forward. God wants that for you, and he deserves that from us as well. Robert Louis Stevenson once said, Everyone who got where he is had to begin where he was. It's pretty smart. Everyone who got where he is had to begin where he was. So today, you begin right where you are, right where you are, and take a step forward. Right now, wherever you are in your life, let's move forward together. Watch this clip. Blessed are you who are downhearted, tired and weary, and in need of something more. Blessed are you who have had a tough year or season, perhaps filled with ups and downs, sorrow and sadness, misery and mistakes. You are not alone. Blessed are you whose dreams have been interrupted, stomped on, or perhaps just taking too long. There is a new thing right around the corner. Blessed are you who don't know what to believe or why you are here today. But despite that, you keep pushing forward. Blessed are you who are walking through seasons of prosperity and joy. Celebration and hope. For you have found something truly worthy of sharing. You see, sometimes life is just hard, but blessed are those who seek the Lord in the midst of that darkness. For there is hope, real tangible hope found in Him. So today, may you be reminded that you were created on purpose and for a purpose. May you know that God has big plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. May you walk in truth and light so that no matter where you go, you will have a light onto your path. May you find rest free from anxiety. And may his love, which is never ending, and his grace, which is never failing, follow you wherever you may go. For he has come to make all things new. Okay, here we go. I can't make you, I can't force you, but I can challenge you right now. Let go of 2023. Thank God for every good thing that happened in your life in this last year, in this country, and in this world, in our church in this last year. And then thank God for the year to come. Release your sins to Him. Surrender to Him. Take that next step forward with gratitude. Right here, this morning, right now. Would you bow your heads? Let's pray together. Father, we come to you right now and we look back at 2023. It went by so quickly. It was a hot summer, long summer. There was a drought. But there were so many good things from this year. You blessed us in so many ways. You brought us through another year. And we're still here. That means you still have a purpose for us. We can't quit as your people. 
because you have another year for us, another challenge, another step. Thank you for that. For every good thing you're going to do in the next 12 months, thank you. For your patience with us, thank you. Father, if there is one here this morning who has not given their life to Christ, may this be the day of their salvation. May this be the hour, the moment that they simply surrender themselves to Christ, to His Lordship. Help them to know that it is only through Christ that we receive cleansing and forgiveness for our sins. Help them to know that He paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. So that we have to die lost. We don't have to die in our sins. We can have victory over them through Christ. But we must accept that gift. We must surrender to you. So Father, if there's one here today, they haven't done that, may today be the day. They come forward and say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to start 2024 saved and not lost. A believer in Christ, in faith, I pray your transforming power be on them right now. For the rest of us, those who already believe, Father, I pray through your Spirit and the power of your Spirit and in the name of Christ that you would draw us to you, convict us right now. May we bring everything, every weakness to you, every problem to you, every doubt to you, every struggle to you right now. Leave it at your feet. And like getting rid of an old car, that we get rid of those old sins and habits and addictions and, and that old attitude and that old mindset. And we say, Lord, I'm going to start 2024 fresh. In the name of Jesus, give me the power through your spirit to release all that junk and start new, start fresh. We have not yet committed a single sin in 2024. Thank you for that, because we haven't had a chance to. But I pray that you would help us in the days to come to do our best to live a life that is holy and pleasing to you. Thank you for fresh starts. As we're praying, no one's looking around. Can I challenge you right now to thank God for 2023, to acknowledge that it's over, to thank him ahead of time for 2024, and to release anything that you don't want to take into the new year, that you release anything and renounce anything that God doesn't want you to take into the new year. Here's your chance. Would you stand? No one's looking around. Maybe just right where you are. Or maybe you want to come and kneel. There's something powerful about kneeling on the, on the, on the stairs. I don't, it just is that way. And you just want to release it to God and thank Him for the new year. If God is calling you or convicting you or leading you right now, as we pray, you come.